Alright, so, uh, I'm still in the dark. I wasn't even ready to do this, but whatever. I just got done checking my email, which takes, like, a hot minute. I have, like, 90. I have, like, the maximum amount of email accounts um, that you can have. <laughs> like, they stopped me from making more Gmails. Um, I initially did this because of, like, my document situation. Um, I actually, like, filled up, like, I filled up one Google Documents account to capacity as far as, like, the amount of documents that you could keep um and so i had to start writing in other in other gmail accounts and then it just became like a like a way to organize what was being written for a while until it wasn't and then it just became like a shit show because that's what my documents are um but speaking of shit show i actually you know what this is not a shit show i'm really glad that i was like cleaning out my emails today because I just got this email from Sprinkles Cupcakes. That's like my favorite cupcake shop probably ever. I mean, like I used to, I, I, I really used to like this place in fucking Utah for cupcakes. Um, but that was a long time ago um, before I went vegan. I used to drive like an hour and a half just to get cupcakes from that place though. Because um, it was so good. And honestly, if I, I, I don't know. I haven't been back to that shop in years. But it seems like that that place would probably start making vegan cupcakes. It seems like they would be um, with the times that way, um, especially because they're in Utah, so they would do some, like, vegan vegan stuff. But, um, <laughs> yo, um, I opened my email, and I saw this email this morning, to, or today, whatever it is, I don't know, um, from Sprinkles, because I, you know, I, like, I read my emails. They're very important. Sometimes I get, like little fucking like music producer tidbits or like dj things um like yeah so i i like combed through my emails and i got this fucking email from sprinkles cupcake cupcakes um that just so happened to be like right on time and i actually thought that there was only sprinkles cupcakes in fucking la which i i just um i just found out there's not so i i guess today is today for cupcakes I love cupcakes. Um, I did like, I don't have like a, a super sweet tooth. Like I'm not big on candy, unless it's like some kind of fucking. It, it, like I'm not huge on candy, but like I really like baked goods, and you know I haven't been in the I haven't been in the in the realm of baking my own baked goods for a long time, so I stumbled upon Sprinkles cupcakes last year, and found out that they were like super delicious cupcakes like it's really hard to eat just one but then two is too many um and i thought they were only in la but it turns out they are all over um like all over the place <laughs> and check this out they i didn't i also didn't know so now i'm informed that um i guess beyonce has a renaissance tour movie and you guys know that i'm a huge fan of beyonce um, not like fangirl fan, because I know her fans go, like, deep and hard for her. Like, I've met some Beyonce fans that are, like, ride or die. Or we've all seen that video with, like, the <laughs> the, the um, guy that, that bought her dress and was, like, freaking out on fucking FaceTime or whatever. I don't go that hardcore, um, but I am, like, a super, like, fan of of Beyonce. I love playing her music. I love singing her music in private, because, like... 
Beyonce is one of those artists that like I would never do a cover because one she already like duplicated herself and now Blue Ivy is like a fucking Grammy winning toddler and two because it's she's one of those artists that it's like you can never you can never beat Beyonce like you can never do better than the original of Beyonce like you know I I've been toying with a couple remixes and stuff but that's just about it um that's that's my limited my my limited um Beyonce-ness but apparently um to celebrate her renaissance tour movie which I have to see now I'm really glad that I opened that. I fucking, I opened the email because I'm a fat ass and I'm like, oh, cupcakes. And I've been like really fucking homesick for LA. So I was like, oh, I wish I was on the fucking, I wish I was on the West Coast. But apparently they have locations if you're in any of these cities because I realize that my fan base is fucking global, like international and global. Like it, it was weird when I started looking at the map and seeing how like, how and where people listen to this show to this series so i mean like if you're if you're in scottsdale beverly hills this is by the way like i'm not getting paid for this i'm just a fat ass i love cupcakes and i love beyonce um so (laughs) this is for that um scottsdale beverly hills um americana which apparently is in glendale california that makes sense um irvine these are all la locations by the way um but i saw some other places down here let's see they're in LA. You could just Google. Fucking let's see until I get to a place that's not California. Um, San Ramon, which is not LA, I think, but it's probably LA. Let's see, nine, four, five, eight. Either way, California. Um, <laughs> California, California, California. Uh, Washington, D.C. They're in Bu- Lake Buena Vista, Florida. They're in Tampa, Florida. They're in Chicago, Illinois. Um, they're where I'm at. Thank goodness. I'm about to go get some fucking Beyonce cupcakes. Um, cause let me tell you about this flavor in a second. Holy shit. Unpaid advertisement, by the way. I'm, I just love cupcakes and I love Beyonce. Um, (laughs) Austin, fucking Texas, Dallas, Texas, Houston, Texas, which is where Beyonce is from. So I'm pretty sure they have like a line out the building and if they don't, they should. It just seems like, it just seems like one of those things where it's like Szechuan sauce and then everybody fucking wants it. Like everybody wants the Beyonce cupcakes. I want Beyonce's cupcakes. Um, (laughs) Houston, Texas, Lubbock, Texas, which doesn't sound like a fun place to be, but whatever, if you're there, go get the fucking cupcakes. Um, Plano, Texas, that's weird. And Riverton, Utah, see? Riverton, Utah. Utah Utah does cupcakes, I'm not gonna lie. The Utah is like, um, like heavy populated by Mormons, and Mormons do baked goods. Like they are fucking... That's, that's ba- like, they, they do, like, home goods and baked goods and, like, like, baked things. Like, they do really homey shit. Um, it's a very family-oriented place, Utah. I don't know why I'm talking about Utah right now. Um, only because I have an aversion to it. I don't really go there because every time I go there, the police are like, why are you black? I'm like, that's true. Why? Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, Beyonce is black and she has cupcakes, so I can only aspire to have a fucking cupcake at Sprinkles um in my honor one day but you know um I don't know I've I've said this before like as an entertainer like Beyonce was pretty much raised like Beyonce is a Michael Jackson in the way that she was pretty much raised like in the industry to be like a workhorse by her like family by her fucking she was trained you know um so I could never aspire to be that way in that way because I didn't you know um I wasn't going on tours and shit when I was like 15 and I didn't have 
Um, you know, I very much had like a family that like, well, a mother, I, my mom wanted to keep me out of the industry. Um, as much as like a, as a little kid, like I wanted to fucking do, do that. Like I really wanted to like, you know, um, do all those like Disney channel auditions and star search and fucking all that stuff. Cause I love to sing and dance. Like she was more like, you can, you know, like you can do like the community plays or whatever, like theater class band, fucking choir or whatever. But she was, she was more, uh, it, it seemed like because she had a time that she wanted to be a fucking actress or whatever. And she used to tell me stories about like, oh, there, there was lines wrapped around the building and it was so competitive, like, which I found out because I didn't, I was very unrelentless in my wanting to be an entertainer like I that's what I when I graduated high school and I went to college I like majored in musical theater you know and then eventually um got my little or my very big heart broken and and kind of stepped out of it for a little bit just I think I've talked about this before but I initially like quit like music theater because I had a a teacher a tap dance teacher who was about four foot tall and like a super gay man who which by the way i love gay men um in the same i guess that's in the same essence that i love beyonce and in the same essence that i love the rave i actually i got into like the rave like the party scene through like the gay circuit i guess like i had a group of like i joined the gay straight alliance and (laughs) i'll never forget this this is more stories about utah i got um I can't remember why, but I got in trouble with my best friend at the time. Um, I think it was for, like, smoking pot, I think. I think so. I think I got caught, or maybe even smoking cigarettes, um, because I was kind of a wily kid. I went to college when I was 16, and this was my freshman year, so I was 16 years old. I think I got caught with cigarettes, and... um, the my choir teacher who I love by the way um I even have a song named after her on like my little demo like my my indie rock demo um that I put out like my demo's out on Spotify but I never got to like studio record that so I might do that at some point um disappear but yeah I have a song named after her I love this choir teacher so much but she um I got I think caught smoking cigarettes or pot I can't remember because it was so long ago now and um me and my best friend at the time um Courtney with a K <laughs> showed up to be in this fucking parade it was like the homecoming parade and she was like no you guys can't be in the parade cuz you guys are bad and and we were like sad and so like we we're like <laughs> we we're like leaving cuz we we're like oh we can't be in the parade now cuz we're fucking bad people and it was it was it was for smoking something i'm not going to lie and then um, we like walked past the gays cause it's like a huge co- homecoming parade, um, for this fucking college. And, and, um, the gays were like, oh my God, why are you sad? And we're like, cause we're bad people. And they're like, well, we're bad people. <laughs> so we ended up like walking in the parade with the gay straight alliance. <laughs> cause like that was, you know, that was a time where, um, like gay marriage was not legal yet. And weed was not legal yet anywhere but definitely not here and um and there was it was like it was that group of like the off-kilter people that we ended up being in the parade with and then um like I think it was later that day even like went to went to like my first like party party um with those people and got introduced into that that world of the you know the outcasts like come 
come come where we go together and um that was kind of like my group of people for a while um just being like an outcasted like kind of like a I'm not gonna lie kind of like a bad kid or like a dark person or what, what would be considered bad to like people who are very um sheltered and strict and very repressed um it's a very repressed place but either way um they make good cupcakes there and um I eventually transferred just because I was so like um so much of an outcast and I really wanted to pursue like um it was a good school for theater but I really wanted to pursue it at a school that was like meant for for stage and screen and and stuff and so I did and I ended up getting a scholarship for my um for my first year like I moved to LA the next year when I was 17 and so yeah that's that story um but yeah this all started with cupcakes but let me tell you about this fucking cupcake because I was like I almost cried and then like it was weird I don't even think I pressed anything I was just about to take a shower and my phone screen got all fucking foggy um so it like took me to the page where it like took me to another page and it was like here's all our locations and I was like oh my god guess who's getting cupcakes today even though I had brownies last night but um I'm waiting on this knee injury to heal and I think it's almost there and I'm doing like a little bit of fucking like I'm doing what I can to like be able to run again because I actually really do enjoy running um and I like the way that my body takes shape when I'm running especially since I'm I'm also really heavy into lifting like I love lifting shit um (laughs) like heavy shit and what I didn't realize I was doing was like power lifting but like this uh this personal trainer came up to me at Equinox and was like, oh, do you power lift? Uh, like, uh, she was like, is this you? And I was like, what, this? Yeah, this me. And she was like, whoa, are you power lifting? And I was like, I don't know what that means. She was like, power lifting is when you, you're lifting more than your weight. And I was like, I don't think, because at the time I wasn't running. So I was like, I don't think I'm quite like 135 yet. I was more like 140. 40 ish 145 maybe which is heavy especially by la standards um and like especially since i've been in like the lower in the, in like the lower lower um it feels it, it feels especially heavy to like be closer to like 150 after being closer to like 130 128 you know i don't think i've ever quite hit 125 except for when i was like surfing all the time and i absolutely had like I almost had like no muscle and no fat because all the muscle that I did have was like lean muscle. So I was just like really, really skinny and everybody thought I was a boy. And um, yeah, I felt like a boy because all my clothes at the time were like three X still from from me being um, that heavy. And I like, you know, I didn't have any I didn't have any like mediums. (laughs) Like I was probably like I was definitely like extra small, but all my clothes were like. 1x 2x 3x it was nuts like people thought I was a boy um t-shirts were like dresses on me anywho um but I had like no muscle I wasn't like in the gym I was at the beach every day and I wasn't really lifting um but yeah after being so small getting to a certain weight at all like being one you know being like 150 feels too big um you know for for me but that's just me it's not to say that any body shape is wrong at all um you know at all like there you know 
there are all shapes and sizes. I think it's just about like how you feel. And I feel good. I feel good in like the lower lower ranges just because I think after being so big, being so small just feels good. Like I like fitting into like weird small spaces. And I still have like a I still have like a type of dysmorphia where I'll think that I'm bigger than I am, but then I like I can squeeze through something or I can like, you know, I I'm, I'm just a lot more um fit which feels good after after you know spending most of my life not being fit which is why in the first place like I quit I quit the entertainment industry because I had that little oh this is the story that I was telling but I've told this story before so it doesn't feel that important but I know that I have like new listeners or whatever new new subscribers because that always happens um especially when I'm doing like seasonal fucking drops like I have been um, and this is just the preseason, like I said, the eighth season hasn't really happened, um, you know, and may not for the foreseeable future, as uh, the more that I actually, like, look at the amount of work that I have to do and the work the that I have done already, you know, it just could be one of those things where it's like, you know, um, coming soon, but... Either way, I I always wanted to pursue like film, TV, acting, but my my huge love was like musical dance theater, musical theater. I wanted to be on Broadway, and I had this little tap teacher, and I say little because he was literally like physically like tiny. He was a tiny little man, and um, and I was a big girl, you know, and I wasn't even I hadn't even had my growth spurt yet, so I was like maybe all of like five one, but I was also like three hundred pounds, you know, and um. So that's a lot. But I could dance my ass off because I grew up in, in uh, ballet, tap, jazz, um, you know, like dance, you know. I went, to a, I went to a theater high school for a while. Um, and then I, I went to a theater college after that, like I just said. And uh, it was at this college where this, I can't remember how. I think it was just because I was like falling behind. Like, there was a lot more, like, classically trained, like, dancers. Like, semi-professional dancers in my class. And I was just, like, slower. Because I was fat. And, um, it was tap, which I hated anyway. Um, because the combinations were just so fucking... I was like, these are ridiculous, you know? I had been tapping. I I think I had done ballet, jazz, and modern for, like... A number of more years than tap and tap was like I had only been doing for like two or three years so I wasn't as like classically trained or like well-rounded as some of the other girls who were doing tap you know when they were like five but um this school in particular was a little bit more like lenient with their audition process than they are now um I've I've noticed that their their standards have definitely gone up since I attended that college and that their acceptance rate is like their acceptance rate is lower than when I attended. They used to just like accept everyone and now they're a little bit more. But you know, this was this was a time where not everybody wanted to be like a superstar. Like me wanting to be like an actress or singer or dancer was not normal. Most kids most people wanted to do like practical things you know it was before it was weird because it was like the generation that 
was in love with High School Musical and like Hannah Montana, like the generation right behind me, that's when it started to be popular to be like, oh, I want to sing, I want to dance. Like that's when the, the plethora of artists, like it started to become normal for everybody to be an artist. Before that, it was like, no, oh, you have to have a practical career. And I was like, I was like a, you know, a weirdo for actually wanting to study fucking theater and dance. Um, and then it got popular like a few years like after, you know, a few years after when those the, the high school musical and the, the fans of Glee, you know, um, when Wicked first came out, like everybody was like, oh, like musicals are cool. But that was like the shit that I was into like forever. So I don't know. I've always kind of been that kid where to like to my annoyance, to my greatest fucking annoyance to where like I can like something. And I get made fun of for it, but like a couple years later, everybody else is doing it. Those checkered vans, I used to get fucking tortured for those. And now people still wear those like they're cool to this day, and that pisses me off. Like, <laughs> this is like 15 years fucking later, 20 years fucking later, where it's like I got the checkerboard vans, and people used to fucking tear me apart for wearing those. Because nobody was even wearing vans. Um, and I was just, like, an emo kid, and that wasn't cool. And then that became, like, a whole thing. And so, like, I don't know. Like, I, I joke and say that, like, I'm a trendsetter and that, like, people copy me. But people copy me, like, after, after the fact. Like, after I'm like, okay, I'm done with this. And then everybody else is doing it. And that's, that has always pissed me off. Um, but, yeah, no, it was, like, the same with, like, theater school where I wanted to fucking... I was like, oh, I'm going to be a fucking... I'm going to be on Broadway. That's what I wanted to do. Um, it was, like, between that and film. Like, I was always writing. Even in theater school, I was always writing, like, to do film. Um, but not, like, taking it as seriously as, like, no, I'm going to sing and dance. And then I had this little tap teacher, like, pull me to the side after class and was like... Uh, I'm just gonna be honest with you. I don't even know how he started the conversation, but I mean, like, I just got over this now, and this was like over 10 years ago. Like, this just stopped making me feel emotional about it because I'm just like, yo, dude, like, you shouldn't say that to somebody. <laughs> um, I realized how wrong he was, um, and I and it was just like something that I kept to myself, but it 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 fucked me up. It fucked my brain up. It fucked my heart up. Um, and it made me quit theater um, and dance and, like, not pursue it for a long, long time. Um, yeah, it made me quit. And he goes, um, I can't remember, but he was like, yo, you're a heavyset black, you know, female. He didn't, I don't even think he referred to me as, like, a black woman. Like, I think he was just like, you're a big black girl. I'm just going to be honest with you. All, like, the only roles you'll ever play are slaves and maids and like you'll never be the ingenue you'll only ever like the the best that you could hope to be is the funny best friend and i'm paraphrasing because it's been so long now i used to be able to quote <laughs> the quote the way that he hurt me like word for word um but at this point it doesn't hurt as bad you know like looking at like i don't know looking at like 13 13 years later or some shit i don't know i can't say how <laughs> I can't say, um, but I was, you know, a heavy set black girl, and he's like, "Look, you're never gonna be the main character. They're not shows for you." Because at the time, it it was pretty much true. There was like the Lion King and the Color Purple. If you wanted to be black, you know, it was like, it was like when In the Heights had just come out, but they weren't, 
they weren't doing like the the whole all-inclusive thing so there were really no like afro-latino roles there were really no afro roles unless it was like you're gonna be in the color purple um you know or the lion king if you're lucky um but most of most of the theater productions that were you know most of the roles that i could play were like he was right you know um old ladies slaves maids uh, the comic relief, but he, he pretty much broke it down to me like, look, you're never going to be the fucking ingenue ever. Um, that's just what it is. And it's crazy because I quit because of that. And then came this whole like uprising of like diversity in fucking theater that I never, that, oops, sorry, that I never foresaw that I don't think anybody ever really saw coming um, you know, more diversity in TV, more diversity in acting, more diversity, just more diversity. But I had already had my, my little heart, <laughs> my big heart, whatever, broken and um, had moved on to something else. I think after that, I wanted to be more practical like everybody else. And it was crazy to see like how people treat you when you do, when you make that kind of change. Um, when you make that kind of change, people were like, oh, I'm so proud of you because I was like, oh, I'm going to study law. And people were like, finally, like, <laughs> you're realistic about like, and by the way, duh, I'm not a lawyer. Um, <laughs> I am very much an entertainer. But like the, I went like a hard left. I was like, I'm going to study law. Um, and then law turned to philosophy um, with like an undertaking in film. And then <laughs> like it just, it got like less practical because philosophy has like, philosophy has applications but like if you don't continue like you might as well just like get a doctorate at that point if you're gonna actually make a career out of it or become a professor or something and I didn't have that kind of um focus or drive because I I kept screenwriting you know like I kept like doing film and like music classes you know with it because that was that was what I had interest in that was what I liked I had almost no I had almost no like focus. <laughs> I had I had no real intention of being a lawyer. As interesting as some of that shit was, like ethics um and philosophy, like it just didn't stick in the way that like I would still go to my dorm room and was like writing, you know, um scripts. Like I was still fucking, you know, um I was still being an entertainer but more like hiding it because of the way that people treated me because my major was so much more fucking like practical and it didn't work out practically at all you know um it didn't work out practically at all like I still ended up pretty pretty much um like done for um and it didn't really matter after that um but I won't I won't talk about my after college experience I think I've talked about it enough um to finally like I don't know. I think I've finally like consoled with myself that like I'm in the place now that I would have been had I not made the choices that I made. Like I I really do feel like well I, I do believe in like certain fate. Like you're going to go the same way anyway. Doesn't really matter what choices you make. You're going to end up in the same place, but it's different paths of getting to that place. So I think I'm very much in that place of well, if I hadn't quit, you know, well, if I had have worked at this, because after, after that, I will say that I had a a writer's block of, you know, like eight years, like during my entire relationship, pretty much the only relationship that I've ever actually had, 
I didn't write at all and I wasn't creating, um, you know, I wasn't, I, I very briefly was like producing out of boredom, um, close to like 10 years ago, 10, 11 years ago. And then, um, you know, I don't want to really talk too much about that, but I taught my ex how to produce and then pretty much didn't see my computer for like the remainder of our relationship. Cause he liked it so much. Um, and was doing that. And then of course, when I got my computer back, I just like deleted it. <laughs> I'm just like, Oh, well, what a waste of time. Oh, well. And, um, it wasn't, it wasn't like higher level, I guess, sound engineering as I'm doing now. Like that was garage band. Like this is Ableton. Um, that was like rap beats. And though I do make rap beats, it's not really my focus. It's just something easy that I can throw together for like extra money. Um, just because like the rap culture, especially, especially where I'm at now, um, or in circles where I tend to end up because of my skin color, um, kind of acknowledging that there is still so much of a, a racial divide, even though, you know, the music industry is getting more diverse, but it's not as, you know, it's, there's not as much color as you would expect even now, you know, um, like people, people on the internet are making a good point of like, well, if you're light skinned, you're a lot more popular and this and that. There's still a lot of colorism and race in the music industry, which is unfortunate. And being like a biracial or post-racial artist has made me realize that like it it's cool to walk the line sometimes because I'm I'm semi accepted in like all circles. So I can I can make rap beats, but I can also be like, oh, well, I actually I like dubstep and techno and that's different <laughs> you know um I can go do that or you know try to do that and try um you know to pursue something that's not necessarily um that's that's not necessarily integrated yet in that way um but <laughs> either way I think I can't remember what I was talking about I am multicasting again I'm mostly just talking about like I think industry industry standards, colorism, um, why I quit in the first place and how I ended up back exactly where I would have been anyway. Um, cause that's how time works. Some things are just predetermined. I don't think for a minute that I would ever make it as a lawyer. Um, I don't think for a minute that this, um, you know, wouldn't have happened either way. Like, like I said, I, I did go through a period of um, eight years of writer's block where I just didn't write at all. And I wasn't even listening to my own like music, like I had to listen to the music that I liked in private because otherwise it wasn't, it wasn't a shared love. And so my, my love of EDM and my love of dubstep kind of got sidelined and, and I don't know, I was never much of a rap person, but a lot of the rap that I did, you know, discover during that time was during that time. Cause before and after I didn't really listen to rap. I still don't really I'm not like a huge rap fan. I do like trap. I do like, you know, um, I do like certain artists for sure. I like intelligent rap. I like certain albums cause I like to catalog. Um, but I'm not like a huge, I'm not like a huge rap fan, which is why I don't consider myself a rapper either. Like I don't, I don't respect myself in the way of like the the culture makes sense to me because I'm not necessarily even from that culture. Now I'm very much experiencing that culture, which I've realized does make it easier for me to rap. Like I've realized that my flow comes a lot easier. Like I'm like, oh, it's just an like rap is an energy. Hip hop is an energy like living in the hood and the ghetto or whatever. Like you feel that 
the energy um but, and it, it makes it it definitely has had an effect on the way that I do rap but I like I said I consider myself more of like a poet um uh, like a poet um which is how it started after that eight year writer's block I wrote like I had a, a literal writing catharsis for like five years after that and that's how the festival project was born like closer to actually like six or seven years because I started with like poetry and I would write it all by hand in my journal journals that have since been lost to storage units um I actually gave my I gave my ex-best friend like a box of of journals and then she put it in her storage unit for me because I was like yo keep these safe and she was like yeah and then she lost her storage unit so I lost all those all all that poetry and all those songs that I was writing at the very beginning um which is how I think I started writing like digitally I think I was writing too much like by hand and realizing that I could type a lot faster and that I could get a lot done. And then once I started writing like in Google Documents, um, which is how it started, like the initial festival project, I was like, oh, I can fucking, it just kind of happened naturally that I started writing um, the first, the first, the first entry into the festival project was actually a article about, um, about rave culture and how it it was really weird. I had this experience at a uh, rave and um I was like the only one sober. So I had like I had like the sober eyes on and I was looking around at everybody else who was like major gone and having this experience of like seeing my generations seeing my generations like folly almost like seeing how how broken and depressed everyone was and using like using the backdrop of like the rave scene to kind of like wash it all off um you know seeing circles of people that were just like gonzo you know um and it was a gonzo style it was like a gonzo style article actually like um um hunter s thompson who i've always been like a huge fan of as a writer and as like as just like a person in general a huge fan of hunter s thompson and his style of writing but it was like a gonzo journalism style i don't know if that article still exists um i think i was writing in documents but i can't say i can't i could not say um for the life of me but i started writing that was the first entry in the in the festival project was writing about how um you know everybody was gonzo but i was here you know I was present and, and it seemed like nobody else was, um, you know, and, um, just kind of becoming disconnected from the, the, you know, the regular sense of like, okay, we're going to go to a rave. We're going to do this. We're going to, we're going to do that. Um, I had kind of like separated myself from, like I said, my, my ex best friend at the time. Cause I heard her cause I, I think, yeah, it was that time. I heard her say some shit about me to her other friend when I was, like, putting on my makeup. And I don't think she thought that I could hear her. Or she did know that I could hear her and just wanted me to hear that. But I had just lost my first, like, 100 pounds when I was, like, on my weight loss journey. Um, And I was just going through my fucking, like, the beginning stages of my divorce, which took forever um divorce is hell I don't even know if I can like I I still am like a huge fan of love and like romance and marriage and shit but like looking back I'm like I don't know if I can like necessarily recommend it especially talking to old ladies who are like yeah my first husband my third husband like some people's firsts and third husbands are the same person and looking back at how mine was I'm like that I would (laughs) like I don't even want to fucking 
I don't even want to see your face. I don't even want to hear your voice. Like, I, I don't, could never fall in love with you again, but I think there are certain circumstances, like, nobody should ever, um, when it gets violent, you know, there, there are reasons to stay and there are reasons to go. And you would be, you'd be surprised at how many people tell you to stay in a horrible fucking marriage for whatever reason. Um, but never, you know, don't take those people's advice because those people, you have to look at the big picture, like how, how miserable are they? Um, how miserable are the people that are handing you your advice? Um, anywho, yeah, no, it was just in the beginning stages, and I heard her say to her friend, because I was all confident, I had just lost 100 pounds, and, like, to be something like 250 pounds after being, like, 380 pounds, yeah, I felt hot, you know, um, I thought, I thought I was skinny, because I was, like, a size 16, which isn't necessarily big, but, you know, I've, I've now experienced, like, size 4, um, you know, like, I've experienced actual, like, fitness, you know, I've, I've touched my toes, um, you know, things like that, um, like I said, this is not, like, about body shaming, it's more of just, like, for me, personally, fitness is, is great, um, I don't know, I, I still don't know to this day anybody who, who doesn't just pretend to be, you know, like, big girls talk about like I love my curves but when it comes down to it like everybody's trying keto like everybody's trying to every uh, every female I know is like even even as much as they can say like they love themselves like I don't know anybody who's not trying to change if they really want to you know and I don't know anybody that's as big as I was at least that isn't trying to change because you don't like um and and I wasn't necessarily trying to I didn't actually realize how how large I had become, um, and my only drive to ever lose weight was to, like, go to EDC, because I didn't want to go and, like, show up, and every, everybody's in a fucking bikini and pasties and shit, and I would just be miserable, and so, so there were, there were years that I could have gone that I was just like, no, you know, um, you know, because I, I wouldn't have enjoyed it, and then by the time that I did go, like, I felt so thin and looking back like I look at those pictures and I was like oh wow I was still like a pretty big girl um but you know that's how weight loss is my dysmorphia kind of changed around and in went to an opposite polarity where when I was bigger I didn't think I was that big and now that I'm smaller I think that I'm much larger than I am a lot before I like you know (laughs) before I like actually can you know um take certain perspectives and be like oh like I look at my butt marks in the sauna and I'm like that's kind of small um or sometimes I'm like folding my clothes and I'm like these are tiny are these mine and they are um so I still have dysmorphia in the way that like sometimes I think that I'm a lot bigger than I'm, I am but like when I was heavier I I did not think I was that big and I you know I would go to the doctor and just like tell them not to tell me how much I weighed or actually I was big enough that they would ask (laughs) they would ask they'd be like do you want to know how much you weigh I'm like no thank you thank you for asking like no no um and I only ever found out like my maximum weight because I I had to go to the ER and they put me on the scale and I just happened to be looking down and I saw the number and I like I died um because I did not I did not know I was that big um I also had this one lady (laughs) like I think in that same visitor around the same time like I had to put my weight on the outside of a plastic container and and she like yelled across the fucking like 
office she was like oh my god you weigh this much i would not think that you look at least 100 pounds lighter and i was like what the fuck lady is wrong with you it's like when your credit card gets declined and somebody fucking screams that shit across the room like what the fuck shut up but yeah no i think it was part part of the process of like i think that was part of the spiritual process of knowing that i was about to go through like a major change um you know like a major change um because once i had lost my first 100 pounds it was almost like i was running downhill i was unstoppable and um back to this story i've told before but i'm going to tell it again because it did happen um and it's very it's like a i think it's an important part of the festival project and why i started even like being the person that i was um or the person that i well i don't know i'm always changing i'm always growing i'm always evolving but um yeah this this my ex-best friend was in the the next room with her other friend um and she was like oh i don't even know what to do with her anymore she's so confident i'm used to her being my fat sidekick and I was like, like, it broke my heart, but I wasn't about to make a scene before the rave because that's like what I was there for, you know, um, and I was going through my breakup or whatever, the beginning stages of like not, you know, um, so I, I was there to, to have a good time and to listen to the music that I that I like to listen to and not rap music all the time. And uh, yeah, I heard her say that to her friend and I was just kind of like, oh, well, fuck this bitch, but. I'm not going to fucking say anything about it, you know? I'm not going to go start a fight with you. I'm not going to go fucking whatever. But she was like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do with her. She's so confident now. I'm used to her being my fat sidekick. And I'm like, and I'm not paraphrasing. That's what she said. And I was like, oh, I guess I, I guess I, I was just a fat side sidekick. So when we got to the rave, I like ditched, um, which was usually like her position. Like she would usually, we'd get somewhere and she would like ever since we were kids we'd like go someplace and then she'd disappear and then i would just be like stuck in one spot waiting for her because i'd be like well i don't want to fucking leave you know she was like the worst best friend ever and people told me that after the fact but like during it was just like well this is my best friend since seventh grade so you know like how are you going to replace a, a bond like that and we were really close like we we're like connected in that way that we could like laugh together and have a good time and and whatever and um, she used to live next door to me, like right next door, and then she moved, but then we stayed friends, and that was at a time before cell phones, so we would be like on the, like, on the house phone for hours, just like talking or whatever, and then like, made our parents, even though our parents like didn't like each other, like made our parents like, make it possible for us to like see each other, which was like a major distance, you know, like going up to fucking um salt lake city you know which was like a four five six hour i don't know how long it was but you know she would either come see me or i would go see her and and that's how we stayed friends and we were friends feels like forever which to this day i still i think i mourn that relationship probably more than i could ever mourn my marriage even though she she, she did hit me but you know it's not it's not it's different you know getting in a fight with a woman is a lot different than like being like beaten on by a man me and keisha talk about her all the time it's a lot different like being in a fight with a woman and and getting hit by a man because you can't fight a man i don't care what size he is um, but man's strength is man's strength and, and like having a dude put his hands on you is a lot different. 
I've even had to reflect after after fighting females like holy shit like that's still like as bad as that was that still was not as bad as what he did um you know in any effect at all um but yeah no even though that that friendship ended quite badly I think this was like the beginning of the end of that friendship um but the real beginning of the end was like the I would say like the first solid entry in the festival project um, I am going to talk about these cupcakes as I wrap up, but um, I, I have been wanting to like explore like the origins of the festival project and how it kind of happened. Because um, there was no, um, in, the, in the beginning, there was no Skrillex, and that's true. Um, because even before all of this, before my eight years writer's block, I have to like backtrack into like shows that I was writing before, like my senior year of college, like I was writing this show called The Penthouse, and the opening, the opening number was supposed to be Vibrate by, um, let's see, um, what is that? Is Andre 3000 and somebody else? I think it's like Boombox. I can't remember. I can't remember because it was that long ago um, that I was already writing like shows that now belong to the festival project long before the festival project. Because um, I was always just like into, into that culture, into the rave music, into the rave scene before that. And then took like this, you know... It, this long eight-year break where I didn't write at all and I couldn't listen to dubstep um I could in secret but you know it was secret <laughs> it was it was not a shared love um yeah and uh then coming out of it and having this like catharsis of writing and one of the first scripts like one of the first movies that I started to write in the festival project was like based off of this actual I think it's one of the one of the only things that are like based solidly on a true story which is the festival trip which is how the festival project got its name because it it didn't really have a name it was just like everything that I was writing had to do with like festivals and raves and blah 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 um because that's what the, you know that's the experience that I was having they I think there's this quote that's like a writer is a writer and that's true um because a writer you know a writer is a writer a writer writes whatever writer writes um that's it's probably as solid as it's gonna get as far as like writing about writing um but I started to write this movie called Festival Trip which was based on a true story um about the real the like the true beginning of the end of our friendship just realizing that we had moved pretty much into like opposite ends of the spectrum in the way that like it we were no longer compatible and we were no longer like we were no longer taking care of each other to the way that we used to. Like, it used to be very much a, uh, you know, um, you know, I scratch your back, you, you scratch mine. Even though, you know, even though when we were kids, I would get ditched a lot. Like, once I got a car, she would just use me for rides to places and then, like, never, she'd be like, okay, I'll be right back and then, like, never come back. Like, shit like that. Um, you know, or I'm just going in to get this and then I'm blah, 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 or, or whatever. So <laughs> she was just kind of like that person that always like used me, but uh, that I was like, that's my best friend since whatever, that's how it goes. You know, um, I kind of had this like twisted idea of like friendship and love until very, you know, very recently, like what, what, what love is and what love isn't. But I think I had kind of like a, a jilted sense of what it was for a very long time um you know but love is love that's true um and you know I I did love my best friend to the to the end of time I still love this girl it's just that we're not compatible we're not we don't care for each other in the same way that's going to be 
um, that's gonna like be a good relationship probably for either of us. Um, and this this uh, this festival trip um, is about two longtime best friends that go on a cross country trip um, to two major festivals, and um, of course have their like you know it's a movie it's like a real it's like a real like i wouldn't even say that it's a girly movie it's written more in like the like what are those called bromance films like it's it's more like the hangover <laughs> you know um i would i would definitely compare it more to like the hangover than than to any films that have been written from like a female perspective I mean, like, I think the heat kind of comes close because of the way that that movie is written and the way that, like, um, uh, Sandra Bullock and, and uh, Melissa McCarthy have the chemistry. It's it's more like that. And I don't, I you know, I don't really consider it to be, like, a girl movie just because, like, the, the two characters in that, you know, who are based off of myself and and my ex-best friend are so... Um, like are not necessarily feminine protagonists in the traditional way at all um, in the way that you would expect things to happen because they're women it, it's definitely it's definitely one of those um, you know reverse role movies where it's just like holy shit like you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily expect a woman to act like that <laughs> you know um, you wouldn't ex- exactly expect any of the things that happen in that movie, the festival trip, which is which is almost like based fact for fact of like how that trip went um, because it was nutso. But then it it really does begin like the beginning of the festival project and the way that what happens at the end of that movie kind of begins this character's transition from from being on the dance floor to being, you know, on stage, which is like I said before and I'll say again like something that I never saw myself as a person like I never saw myself being a DJ that was never not like that was never necessarily what I was going for or wanted just because in that same way um being a DJ became popular like like mainstream popular consumer brand popular like after it was like pretty much decided for me by the rave gods that this was my fucking calling um and decided for me i fought god tooth and nail on this i was like no not a dj not a dj anything but a dj um because everybody's trying to be fucking whoever you know everybody's trying to fucking do this um but it was something that i ended up realizing that i had like a natural talent for um because i i was born with synesthesia i was born a musician i you know played by ears and have always seen very colorful patterns in music and sound have always had a very very um fierce love of rhythm and fierce love of melody and you know wanted to sing and dance and so the the dj or musician or artist that i am now is very much like a very much everything that has happened up to now like it took all these 30 years of of you know all these 30 years of building upon this to make the artist that I am now which is still not like I still think about going back to school for like musical theater and well-rounded drama it's just I don't think that that's necessarily the financial like it's not really a good business decision like as a business owner and as like a, a producer like how am I gonna 
you know like I think you just have to believe to a certain extent that like it'll pay itself off but I'm not necessarily there yet and I don't like I already went to college so I already have four years of you know college that I'm still paying off and most people who went to college for four years will tell you that you know I'm still paying this off I'm I'm still fucking I'm still I still have to do this so it wouldn't be bright of me to do that again without like I said I would go back to college in a heartbeat if I could just pay outright for it if I could pay cash I would buy a car if I could just like pay cash for it you know um and not have to make payments or whatever because I I don't necessarily like doing that if I don't have to but either way I'm gonna wrap this up this Beyonce um this Beyonce cupcake looks amazing and it is vegan (laughs) it is vegan so I'm very happy about that um and I'm very excited hopefully there's hopefully they still have them um let's see uh celebrate i'll just read the email um and they have delivery or pickup um celebrate the renaissance tour film with cuff cake <laughs> it's called the cuff cake which i guess is cuff it so um i i think that i'll i'll drop that in my next mix i gotta see this renaissance fucking film because the the homecoming film just floored me i loved it um i love drum lines and parades and things so like that was cool so i i'm excited to see what she did with renaissance or yeah because she's like the creative director it's not even they i know there's like hundreds of people that work on her projects because she's beyonce but still i know that she has i know that she has like pretty much full creative direction with her her uh brand because she, she is that um Let's see. Attention, Beehive. As Beyonce's renaissance dazzles on screen, our cuff cake (laughs) made with a decadent vegan dark Belgian chocolate cake. Ooh. (laughs) Filled with a whipped cashew butter core. Yo. Topped with vegan cream cheese, frosting, and silver sugar crystals. Silver sugar crystals, yo. Will dazzle your senses. It already has dazzled my senses in this email. I'm so glad that I checked. I don't think I have sprinkles in my spam, by the way. I think that they're like, hey, like I want to know about all your shit, like as it happens, because I love cupcakes and uh, sprinkles is like, sprinkles is really good cupcakes. Um, right now, you can snack two cupcakes for just $12 and receive a fan. So I'm going to go get that. I'm going to go do that fam. I'm going to I'm gonna, <laughs> um I've been looking I actually have been wanting to sample the sound of a fan for a fucking for a while. Oh, and they're only they're only doing this until the 3rd. So, um yeah, I'm going to go get that fan. I've been wanting to fucking uh <laughs> I've been wanting to fucking um sample like I have lots of samples of like fans clacking at raves but like of course it has like the noise and then of course other artists have been doing it but i i wrote a note let's see i wrote a note in my fucking documents years ago that i was like oh i gotta get a sample of that and then uh yes i want this (laughs) um let's see yes i just want one of these please don't give me anything else (laughs) like as as i order um, and of course, I think it maybe was on Renaissance. Um, um, I, I don't know. I, I think I've let that go by now. I, I got sampled once. <laughs> and um, that's when I realized that I have to be careful about fucking what I put out on this show. Because, like, there are... I realized that it has, like, the reach that, like, industry professionals listen 
So, I mean, like, I don't, it doesn't make me nervous as it did at first, but I'm still, like, careful with what I say and what I do with the show. Um, and I guess that just, like, comes with the territory of being a, what's it called, like, a public figure. You have to kind of, like, understand that somebody, somebody's ears, you know, are, are going to be listening for every little, um, for every little thing. And so that's, you know, that's, that's not a problem. I'm being as honest as it gets these days because, you know, what's there to lose? What's there to hide? I've pretty much just given my fucking... Um, you know, I've given my, my eyes to God, my soul to God. Like I just give it all to the universe and I'm just like, whatever plan, um, this, this all knowing, all seeing source has for me, I give, you know, I give into that. You have to surrender. And that is the truest thing. You know, once you surrender, like once you, you're like, all right, hands to the sky, like that's when it happens. Um, so, you know, I've done that and I'm just like in the process of like putting the work in. I know for a fact that you know, um, no, no overnight success is like, that doesn't exist. There's years of footwork, there's years of laying a foundation. Um, and that's, you know, that's kind of been the, the reality of the festival project. But, um, this is, I think coming to a close, I definitely have, I now definitely have lots of things to do. Um, I let myself, I let myself eat sweets by the way, because of the amount of like work, that I do and the amount of years of work that I've done at this point at first I was like cupcakes no um but also I'm you know building my body in a way that I you know I I'm a I'm a sexual creature let's not you know let's not skirt around that and I I only have like you know 10 20 good years left as a female (laughs) I guess maybe they say 20 is the new or they say 30 is the new 20 um, so that's um, not as heartbreaking because I did lose a little bit of sunlight when I like on my 30th birthday. I was like, oh, no, like I'm an old lady. Um, but I can do a lot more with like my mind and my body than I could 10 years ago. Um, so I'm kind of like Benjamin Button in that way. But like I, even even if I had had the <laughs> the correct body my entire life, I don't think that I'd be I don't think I'd be as developed as I am like mentally or or spiritually I think it all had to happen in this way so that being said thanks for listening I'm signing out for sure um I have no idea when this is posting but whatever I want a cupcake hopefully they're not sold out um if you're in any of the cities that I listed at the beginning of this episode go get your fucking Beyonce cupcakes because who doesn't want Beyonce's cupcakes right um (laughs) that's this I don't have anything else to say um I was gonna touch a little bit on the fucking sixth season because it carries over into the into the seventh and the eighth I was gonna start because you know cupcakes but um maybe later when I actually have cupcakes in my lap that'll be nice okay so thanks for listening um enjoy yourselves stay safe out there uh love and light I still don't know how to end these And I'm still wondering if it would just kind of be better to, like, keep doing this on my iPhone or to actually get, like, a whole podcasting set up. I feel like that would be, like, now podcasting is mainstream. Um, Everybody has a podcast. Everybody's a fucking DJ. Like, everybody's a fucking something. Either way, (laughs) either way, I'm just like, should I make that, you know, couple hundred dollar investment to be, like, professional about it um, when I could just keep doing it the way that I've always done it? Um, by total accident, um, 
that's that's going to be up to the universe to decide because I'm I'm still saving for a Moog. Um, the end. <laughs>